Chief Justice and the Associate Justices of the Supreme Court of the United States. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, freedom of speech, or of the press, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble, or of the press, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Students don't shed their constitutional rights to freedom of speech or expression at the schoolhouse gate. Our voices matter because we're the ones best equipped to tell our own stories. Student journalism matters. This is Conversations at the Schoolhouse Gate, the New Voices podcast. Hello and welcome to Conversations at the Schoolhouse Gate, the New Voices podcast. My name is Kristen Taylor. I'm a member of the Scholastic Press Rights Committee through the Journalism Education Association, and I'm a journalism teacher at the Archer School for Girls in Los Angeles, California. I advise the Oracle Archer's digital newspaper and Hestia's Flame, our yearbook. If you've listened to previous episodes, you might be surprised to hear my voice instead of Mike Simmons, who hosted the first four. I'm so excited to be collaborating and co-hosting with Mike and others on the Scholastic Press Rights Committee as we use this podcast to explore the power of student voices through scholastic journalism. Today's episode is part of our celebration of Student Press Freedom Day on January 30th. This year, we are celebrating the 50th anniversary of the landmark Tinker v. Des Moines Supreme Court case, which ruled that students and teachers in public schools do not shed their constitutional rights at the schoolhouse gates. And if you've ever wondered where the name of our podcast came from, now you know. I reached out to high school journalists and their advisors across the country to ask them what Tinker means to them. And we will hear some of those inspiring responses at the end of this episode. But first... To gain insight into the Tinker v. Des Moines case and its impact, I spoke to Mark Goodman, an expert in student press rights. I asked Mark to tell us a little bit about his background and the significance of this landmark case, as well as how the later Hazelwood v. Kuhlmeyer ruling changed the landscape for student press freedom. Here's my interview with Mark. Well, my name is Mark Goodman. I'm a professor in the School of Journalism and Mass Communication here at Kent State University in Ohio, and I'm also the Knight Chair in Scholastic Journalism. You know, before I came to Kent State, um, I worked for about 23 years at the Student Press Law Center in Washington, D.C., where I was executive director. I am a lawyer, I have a law degree, and had the pleasure or challenge, depending on your perspective, of living through the Hazelwood decision when it got to the Supreme Court. Right. Well, let's start by giving everyone a little bit of background on the Tinker case and and why it initially was so important. Well, you know, I think it's really easy to underestimate how important a Tinker ruling was, how significant it was, and how wide the impact of it was. Because Tinker was the first time that the Supreme Court ruled definitively that neither students nor teachers shed their free expression rights at the schoolhouse gate. And um, that opened the door to many other cases or conflicts over the years that were essentially decided because of the precedent set by the Tinker ruling. It really made clear for the first time that students are entitled to very strong First Amendment protections. Now, the Tinker case was not specifically about student journalism. Can you explain what Mary Beth Tinker was pursuing? What was the thing that she was concerned about that this case ruled on? Sure. You know, 
Mary Beth and John Tinker and their friend Chris Eckert were um, attempting to wear black armbands to school in protest of U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War and in, in mourning, really, for the lives that were being lost there, both American and Vietnamese. And they were told by school officials in Des Moines, Iowa, where they lived, that they were not allowed to do so and eventually were suspended from school. So these three students, Mary Beth was a middle school student and John and Chris were high school students, went to court contesting this punishment as a violation of their First Amendment rights. In the years after that, were there other court cases that came out that were more specific about student journalism before Hazelwood? Or was Hazelwood the first time it went back to the court specifically about student press and how the First Amendment applied to that in schools? The Hazelwood ruling in 1988 was the first time the Supreme Court directly confronted a case involving high school or middle school student free expression protections. The lower courts, of course, had, in fact, within a matter of you know months after the um, ruling in the Tinker case, lower courts were applying the holding of Tinker um, and the standard the Supreme Court created in that case to cases involving censorship of student media. But it wasn't, uh, you know, for almost 20 years till 1988 with the Hazelwood case that the Supreme Court directly confronted once again free expression protection, but this time in the context of student journalism. And what was at the heart of that case? Yeah, involved censorship of a student newspaper at this suburban St. Louis high school. And the case really fundamentally boiled down to was the standard created by the Tinker decision, the you know requirement that school officials must show some material and substantial disruption or invasion of the rights of others, was that the only legitimate justification for school censorship? Or could school give other reasons? And what the school district was arguing in the Hazelwood case was, if it was school-sponsored, the school should be able to censor pretty much anything it wanted. Thankfully, the Supreme Court didn't go that far. Uh, it did, however, say when school-sponsored student expression was at issue, like in a student journalism context that was tied to a class, the school would have greater authority to censor than it would for independent student speech, like the black armbands that were being worn in the Tinker case. How do you think that ruling changed the climate or changed beliefs about the First Amendment and uh, student journalism in the U.S.? Well, you know, as I always tell folks when I'm talking about the Hazelwood cases, what it did was muddy the waters in a really remarkable way. I mean, you may think the Tinker Standard, the material and substantial disruption of school activities or invasion of the rights of others standard is somewhat vague. But it was much clearer than the standard the Supreme Court created in the Hazelwood case of, does the school have a reasonable educational justification? You know, as I like to describe it, the, the Tinker standard was an objective standard, was based on actual facts or circumstances. The school had to be able to show some substantial disruption of school activities was likely to result. Where the Hazelwood standard, in contrast, is really a subjective standard that's very much dependent on what the decision makers think is educationally appropriate or reasonable. And that opens the door to a lot more censorship and 
even more important, a lot more confusion by everybody involved. I mean, high school students, media advisors or journalism teachers and administrators are all confused about what Hazelwood means, where the application of Tinker is much clearer. Some states have taken steps to add additional protection and and kind of go back to that Tinker ruling, and some have not. Can you explain a little bit about why some states have taken those steps and, and maybe a little bit about the New Voices movement? Sure. Well, you know, it it was the example set by California, you know, within hours of the decision in the Hazelwood case in 1988, people began to realize California was at the time the only state that had a statute on the books enacted by their state legislature and signed by their governor years earlier that provided specific protection to students involved in student media relating to making their own content decisions. And this law had been largely ignored. There were a few cases applying it, but it had been largely ignored because most people thought it was simply a duplication of rights that existed under the First Amendment as it was defined by the Tinker Rule. Well, after the Supreme Court said the Tinker ruling isn't the sole limitation when it comes to school-sponsored student media, suddenly this California statute took on a new importance. And what it did is set an example that other states over the course of the last 30 years have tried to follow is by codifying in state law a different limitation than the one the Hazelwood Court created that it gives student journalists and everyone much greater clarity on what the legal justifications for censorship are and basically allow state law to compensate for the diminishment of First Amendment protections as defined by the Hazelwood ruling of the Supreme Court. Why do you think a free media is is important for high school students? Well, you know, there there are many reasons in actuality, but the two that I think are hit home most to me is one is we're preparing the next generation of both journalists and citizens. And if we do not instill in young people an appreciation for the role of a free press in a democracy, that free press will not exist for very long. And I, I fundamentally believe that the example that most high school students experience relating to protections for free expression and press freedom they experience in school is directly shaping their attitudes towards the press and the role of the press in their adult lives. So for that reason, I think it's it's really important. But, you know, the other reason that I think is equally significant is we learn so much by allowing teenagers and others to express themselves freely. I mean, you know, there's a really fundamental principle involved in First Amendment theory that independent of the benefit to the speaker, there is a benefit to the rest of society by hearing the perspective of people who may be not in the mainstream, may not be the views that we hear every day from the adults that pass through our lives. There are many important changes to our society, improvements to our society that have been made largely because high school students were advocates for those changes. And we deserve the opportunity to hear their perspective, they deserve the chance to express themselves freely. 
What's an example of a case that you can think of where students did have that freedom and were able to express something that you think the larger community, adult community, benefited from? Well, you know, there there are obviously a lot of very specific examples involving student media, but I just think of the civil rights movement. I mean, the civil rights movement was largely a movement of young people, black and white. And um, if you look at any sort of civil rights advance, what you see is many of the strongest advocates for the change that eventually came were people who were high school or college age. And that only happens because we did not allow our institutions, our government, to say, you're expressing views the majority don't like, and so we're not going to allow you to to do that. I've said this to Mary Beth before, but it's so true. She changed the world, and, and not just you know, the United States, but truly the world is a different place because of the courage she and her brother and Chris Eckert showed and their families showed in standing up for what they believed was right. There are more young people speaking freely today than there would be if they hadn't made the fight they had and had the success they did. I I thank them really from the bottom of my heart. All right. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap this up today? You know, everybody has that opportunity to be as courageous in their own small way as Mary Beth and John Tinker. So I really encourage all of the teachers and students who may be listening to this to think about what have I done to stand up for the First Amendment, not just for myself, but for someone else. We all should be First Amendment freedom fighters, I believe. Well, I think that's a great way to go out. Thank you so much, Mark. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, you're welcome. Have a great day. So what does Tinker v. Des Moines mean to you? I reached out to student journalists and asked them to share their thoughts on Tinker. I can't think of a better way to end today's episode than to hear directly from some of the people on the front line of this fight for student press freedom. Here they are. I believe Tinker allows us to have more freedom with what we print and communicate with our audience. This allows us to represent people that don't speak up as much fairly and accurately. Tinker also allows us to spark important discussions about the heavy topics that don't get the attention they deserve. To me, Tinker represents validation of student voices and the identity of student journalists. It gives credibility to a group that many might see as not professional and it really adds to the dimension of journalistic integrity that students are expected to reach with their publications. I think that Tinker is important because it affirms the power of young people to make change, especially for minors who can't vote. It's really important for us to express our opinions, especially living in a democratic society. And it's important that students know the government supports them in sharing their views. I believe Tinker is very important, and I think it was a giant step for getting basic amendment rights for students. Uh, Tinker standard is important to me because it allows me to accurately report without people changing my words or opinions. Tinker versus Des Moines was an important case in helping students have their voices heard and making students feel that their voice is valid. It also helps to bring variety to the newsprint because we aren't restricted to only writing about certain topics. School should prepare us for life as adults, and a big part of that is learning how to express our views and fight for what we believe in. Tinker vs. Des Moines is a case to be remembered. It teaches students that their voices matter. As student journalists, we are thankful for the outcome of the Tinker vs. Des Moines court case. 
By being a part of a public forum in our school district, we do not have prior review and therefore are able to use our journalistic abilities to the fullest when reporting. Tinker versus Des Moines allows us to fully report on any subject that we wish due to our rights of free speech. Our reading audience is also able to understand each story we publish because of our ability to fully report in an unbiased and trustworthy manner. Tinker case standard means to me that we can mimic the real world in our writing because in the real media, outside of the high school, we are not shielded from certain topics and only a censor that is not reflecting what the world like after we graduate. Thank you for standing up for freedom of speech. Thanks to people such as yourself, we have no prior review. This makes us feel empowered and trusted by our school and makes us want to work harder to be the best news outlet we can for them. Tinker to me, above all else, is validation of our humanity. It means that you don't lose your human rights and your human abilities simply because you're under the restrictions of society. I think that freedom of speech is the most human thing and the most important human right that anyone has. So Tinker is very important to me because it allows us to be human, to voice our thoughts, to voice our opinions, and it allows us to be people and to help people and to say and speak and voice our thoughts without any restriction. Whenever I worry about the future of this country, I just have to talk to student journalists to feel like we're going to be okay. That's it for today. Thanks again once more to Mark Goodman and to all the students who sent in their thoughts on Tinker. Anna, Allie, Maggie, Leslie, Colin, Charlie, Stephanie, Sarah, Kayla, Henry, Hannah, Gabby, Celicia, Clove, and Liz. The Scholastic Press Rights Committee is chaired by Lori Keekley of Minnesota. You can find us online at jeasbrc.org and follow us on Twitter at JEA Press Rights. For more information about the important work of the Student Press Law Center, visit their website and follow them at SBLC on Twitter. We hope to see many of you at the Spring National High School Journalism Convention in Anaheim April 25th through the 27th. For now, Let's celebrate 50 years of Tinker on January 30th. Use the hashtag studentpressfreedom, all one word, hashtag studentpressfreedom, on social media to tell us how you are celebrating. And remember Mark Goodman's words, we should all be First Amendment freedom fighters. Thank you.